text for the sermon this morning is verses 26b to the end of the chapter, the second part of verse 26 to the end of chapter 9 of Hebrews. Read those verses again. There it says the following, But now, once at the end of the ages, he has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this the judgment, so Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. To those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. <clears throat> Beloved congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, brothers and sisters, boys and girls too, once you realize that our text has the word once in it a number of times. Word stands out here. You find it three times in the text, so there's quite a bit of emphasis on that word. That's the central word here. Christ has appeared once at the end of the ages, were appointed to die once, and Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. Once. That word is uh, used a lot in, in our society today, too, with certain emphasis. Once. Once more, and that's it. As a threat, sometimes as motivation to, to accomplish something. Life is short. Do it now. You only live once. Our text says in verse 27 that it is appointed for men to die once. That's how it is from in life. You only live one time here, once. But our text actually shows something else. Our text shows that actually Christians live twice. And that's the theme for this sermon then, Christians live twice. Christians live twice. You only live once, that's something you hear quite a bit, right? And the idea is usually that because we only live once, we have to make the best of our lives here. Live it up, live it to the full, try to get out of life everything you can. If everything is here and now, then you need to grab life by the horns. Just do it. Missed opportunities won't come back again. You can't do that over again. So just live it to the full today, now. People today talk about bucket lists, a list of things you want to do yet before you die, before you leave this life. There's even a website dedicated to helping you draw up bucket lists, bucketlist.org. Track and achieve your life's goals. Cross the Nile. 
drive at more than 140 miles an hour, things like that. You only live once. That counts for Christians too. Christians live only once here, and then it's appointed also for them to die. We all have an appointment with death. And so we also have a life with all kinds of missed opportunities. A life littered with mistakes and sins which we can't change anymore. Wrongs we've done which we can't make right anymore. And we also have to just live with the fallout of those things. As Christians, we can't actually do our life over again either. Golfers get mulligans and batters get three strikes. We only get one shot. And for the one that's something they struggle with to accept, the sins and the wrong choices of the past and the mistakes which they have to live with and the fallout of those mistakes they have to live with, wrong choices. For the other, for someone else, it might be just shrug the shoulders. Let's just get on with it. Let's forget it and go on too bad. Don't cry over spilled milk. Try harder and better today, and if not today, then the day after. Well, think of it. We live once, but the text says, too, God's Son, Jesus Christ, also lived this life once. That's another one mentioned in our text, the second half of verse 26, but now once. At the end of the ages, Christ has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. He came in our flesh, in this life, as man, born man, in order to die for us, to live his life and to die for us, to save us by the sacrifice of himself. And when the text speaks of Christ sacrificing himself, we don't have to right away think of his blood shed on the cross and Golgotha at the end of his life. In the previous part of Hebrews 9, Christ's blood was mentioned. There's no remission of sin without shedding of blood. When we hear about blood like that, we usually right away think of the blood that flows when someone's violently put to death as Jesus was on the cross. But in the Bible, the blood actually stands for life. A life. Think of when the Lord God said to Noah after the flood in Genesis 9, when he gave him animals for food after the flood, he said, but you shall not eat flesh with its life. That is, it's blood. Blood is life. Blood points to life. Jesus gave his life for us. He appeared once at the end of the ages, it says. And by his one life here as man, from beginning to end, Jesus did over again our one life here, which we could never do over again. Through faith in Christ, 
the once of his life here becomes your second life. Your second life. And then you can put your life with all its sins, shortcomings, weaknesses, and mistakes, and struggles, and regrets. You can put that into Christ's hands, and from him you get back a perfectly pure, holy, and clean life with a whole new purpose, namely to serve God in thankfulness. A second life. So yes, we only live once. And what we thought, what we said, what we did, we did all that, we can't change it anymore. Whether what we did wrong bothers us or not doesn't change anything. We can, we can never do it over again. That's something, there's something really definite about our existence here. It's appointed for us all to die once, and after that comes judgment, as the text says. You can ponder over that, or you can just ignore it, live on as so many do today. Makes no difference. What's happened has happened. Those immoral thoughts that coursed through your mind when you saw that person and you wished you hadn't thought those things, but you can't wipe the slate of your mind completely again. Now, you said things in anger and you can't stuff those hurtful things back down your throat anymore. What's said is said. You took what wasn't yours and you can't undo that deed. You can return what you took, but you can't change what you did. Lots of examples come to mind, don't they? Impossible to redo those things. You can't do it over. But it's exactly with that impossibility of redoing what was so imperfect and sinful and hurtful and regretful that that wonderful thing has taken place. At the end of the ages, in the fullness of time, somebody appeared. Somebody came into our world. He lived this life once, lived it perfectly, not a single sin at all, no mistakes, no regrets for him, no shortcomings, just perfect love and obedience to God and love for his neighbor. No one could accuse him of sin in the end. That drove the scribes and the Pharisees and the leaders of the Jews to distraction. They plotted to put him to death. The thing is, though, his life here was the life of the Son of God himself, Emmanuel, God with us, God among us, and it was perfectly holy. And therefore, his life is more than enough to cover, to encompass, to embrace the lives of a multitude which no man could count. A multitude of sinners. His life is abundantly sufficient to do the lives of many, many people over again. To give them back a second life, new, shiny, perfect. 
that one life of Jesus Christ which began in Bethlehem and ended on Golgotha, that life is so perfect and holy and full that not a thing needs to be added to it. Nothing. It's the perfect redoing of the lives of all those God the Father gave to Jesus Christ, all those who look to him. That once for Jesus is once for all. And that once and never again life of Jesus is once for all time. It says in the text that Jesus appeared once at the end of the ages. The end of the ages. That says something about the vital importance of Jesus' life and sacrifice. The life and sacrifice of Jesus Christ determine everything that happens in history, the history of this world. He appeared once at the end of the ages. His life, what comes before and leads up to his life and afterwards, but his life is so decisive and definitive that no, nothing will ever surpass it. Jesus Christ's life was the climax of the history of this world. All kinds of things still take place here on earth, and we're still on the way to the very end of time, but the decisive event of history has already taken place. God's Son, Jesus, appeared once at the end of the ages. He appeared he has lived and he has died here once. And there will not be another life of Christ, God's Son, here on earth. We could even say that history has basically come to an end with Christ's life and sacrifice. The ages have basically come to their conclusion in him. All people on earth actually depend on that once of Christ's life for us. He lived once. He sacrificed himself once then to take the sins of many on himself. His perfect life is decisive for our lives too then. He takes over from us what we could never do over again, make right again. He gives us second life. What we ruined he makes right again. Where we fell short, he fills up. And realize that too then, that, that makes our, our dying, those who, who look to him, that makes their dying and their judgment completely different. It says you die once and after that judgment. And the question for us at that judgment is no longer, what have you accomplished with your life? Your one life here. What did you accomplish? Maybe we haven't accomplished a lot. In fact, a lot of sins, a lot of mistakes, a whole stack of wrongs. But it's exactly in those things that Jesus' life was perfect 
and his righteousness and satisfaction cover in God's sight all our imperfections and debts. He appeared once. He sacrificed himself once and took all our sins and shortcomings on himself. And the question for us today is not what then, the question for us at God's judgment seat is not what have you managed to accomplish in your one life here? No, the question for Christians now becomes what have you done with that new, that second life given to you in Christ? He has completely taken on himself that first life of ours. But the second life we receive from him, that new life, what does that bring about in us now? That's the question. What does that do for you? Congregation, as Christians, we live once, like all the other people on earth. And in that one life, all kinds of things go wrong, as we mentioned, like in the lives of everybody else. Sins, mistakes, shortcomings, bitterness, pride, selfishness. Jesus came once. He did your first life over for you perfectly, definitively. By faith in him, his one perfect life becomes your second life. What do you do with that life? Do you just take that second life Christ lived for you for granted and keep living your first life? That life which was so much in the grip of sin? You keep living that? Then there's little hope for you because it's appointed for us to die once and after that the judgment. If we have held on to our first life and lived it as if it's all we had, even though we were promised that second life, then we're going to be in trouble at judgment seat of the judgment seat of God. If we've held, clung to our first life by cherishing anger at how others have wronged us, then we're going to have reason to fear God's judgment. Holding on to sins is not living the second life Jesus gave you. Living in bitterness is not living that second life either. That's holding on to your first life. And is that the life you want to go to God's judgment seat with? Congregation, we, all, we just live once. If that life was the only one for us, we'd be the most miserable of all creatures when we die and we come to judgment. But Christ came. He was willing to live for us here on this earth polluted by sin. He was willing to come here and live life for us here from beginning to end. Willing to live our whole life over, in fact, we could say, from beginning of our lives to the end. And not only was he willing to live for us, he was offered once to bear the sins of many. Christ's perfect life was also intended to cover the, then the busy, selfish, rushed, fearful, self-assured, rebellious, fun-seeking, sad and angry lives of all kinds of people around us too. For many, it says, to bear the sins of many, he lived here. 
oh, whoever only lives once is going to have to make the best of it. Going to have to make the best of what they can. And that one life, that one life, I can assure you, that one life, if you live that one life, it's going to be about self. Whether you live well, whether you're happy and everything else, it's all about you, how you feel, how you look, how you succeed. But whoever lives twice, have that second life. Everyone who clings to Jesus Christ, that person has the ability to have the same attitude Christ had in this life too. You get Christ's attitude in that second life. The Apostle Paul writes about that, Philippians 2, which we read earlier on. Let this mind, this attitude be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. He's talking about what, what Christ Jesus was like here on earth in the flesh. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not count it robbery to be equal to God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even the death of the cross. In other words, whoever has that second life obtained for him or her by Christ is not only going to look after their own interests, but also the interests of others. And that means, among other things, that you also want others to have that second life you have too. Christ offered himself once to bear the sins of many. His once perfect life from beginning to end is sufficient to be the second life of many, many others around us too. You need to hear about that. And you know something that that second life actually began at our conception. Just like Jesus' life began at conception. Christ's holy conception and birth, we confess in the Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 14, covers in the sight of God my sin in which I was conceived and born. The beginning of his life already, right from the beginning. And then it includes the 33 years of God's, that God's son walked here on this earth, on this polluted earth, polluted by sin. He lived without sin. It was his food to do his father's will. We'll never get into what it cost him to live here perfect and pure in this world, this fallen world. But he lived without sin. And that holy life of Christ, that life full of truth and love and peace, that life from conception to the last breath on the cross is the second life of everyone who belongs to him. The one life you receive when you're conceived and born, but the second life is yours by promise, and by faith. It's Christ's life for you. 
And if you have that life, then everything is different. Everything is different. The Apostle Paul writes about that in Galatians 2, verse 20, where he says, he says too, I've been crucified with Christ, and therefore it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul had that second life. After Jesus called him, he embraced his Savior and received his Savior's life, that second life for himself. And yes, he still struggled with his first life. He did. As we all will. Think of Romans 7. You know, the Apostle Paul talks about his struggle. I delight in the law of God according to the inward man, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind. That was a struggle. And he, then he concludes in that chapter, O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And you see, the thing is, sometimes our first life comes to the surface again. It comes to the fore. And we forget that we have this second life. Having that second life doesn't make everything completely different, doesn't mean that we now do everything right. No, we so easily fall back into the, the nature of sin that was there in our first life. We fall back to that first life. And the thing is, though, we hate it. We hate that, right? That's not what we want. It isn't everything anymore. We have that second life in Christ. We want to live that life. Brothers and sisters, it's true then that we only live once here. Sometimes a life here is so short, too short. But this life isn't everything for us anymore, is it? Because of Jesus' life for us. Because he lived a second life for us, gave us a second life. We have the ability to also look beyond this life here. Because Jesus is coming second time, it says in the text. And this time in glory, he came and was offered once to bear the sins of many. It says in the last verse of the text. And then it continues, to those who eagerly wait for him, eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. The English Standard Version has a more understandable translation of the last verse, by the way. So Christ, it says, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. In other words, Christ lived and died once here to do away with sin. But he's coming again, a second time. And this time, not to deal with sin, not to live and die for us as he did once. That's not needed anymore. That's accomplished. 
finished as we celebrate with the Lord's Supper this afternoon. He gave his life for the complete forgiveness of all our sins. No, now we await with eagerness the fullness of our salvation. When he comes the second time, he'll come to take us to his perfect glory to be with him forever. No struggles, no tears, forever. And that puts our living once here with all the deficiencies and struggles. That puts it all in a different light too again, right? The second life Christ obtained for us actually reaches beyond our first life here. It's truly full and perfect. And when we die and come to judgment, then that first life will be fully ended, but our second life continues. It goes right through death to glory, to perfection, to eternity. Congregation, people today say you only live once. How many times haven't you heard it? But as Christians, you've been given a second life. Christians live twice. And that's because Christ appeared once to offer himself once for all, to bear the sins of many. And he will return a second time. And then it will become clear that all who he lived and died for have that second life and that it's a life that never ends. And then you'll have a bucket list with just one item on it. Glorify God for his grace.